now from Hollywood, California, the horror capital of the world, the Boulet Brothers, Creatures of the Night. Hello, uglies, and welcome to a special holiday-themed episode of the Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night. We've been so busy with the Boulay Brothers Dragula that we've fallen behind in answering some of your listener mail. So in honor of the holidays, we're going to catch up on all of your questions. Yes, just picture us like two Krampus Santa things, sitting here by the fire, roasting little children and reading all of your letters, while we sip wine made of jealous haters' tears. They really are so delicious. Before we get started, we'd like to go ahead and welcome our own head elf and company bossy bottom, Ian DeVogler. Ian, welcome to Krampus's workshop. Mama, my cramp pussy is in the holiday mood. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, do you miss being in your thong and yelling at all the other elves on post-production now that we're done with the show? I gotta say, you know, I filled a lot of stockings with coal recently, and I think I need a little bit of a break. Mama, this cram pussy again i gotta cover it up a little bit a hoe does get cold it was so fun back in the day when we weren't working on the show when we were doing nightlife Mm -hmm. events and you'd be walking around in your thong and your boots bitching thoughts out left and right Uh, i mean honestly it makes me look forward to the tour because i'm like okay she's gonna be doing her little kegels she's gonna be getting ready to boss some bitches around again i love it i remember this one time when israel when you first came to work for us and you had your shit together then and you're like, can you get on the box? It's 11. And he was like, excuse me. Oh, that was the beginning of the end for the two of you. Oh. Israel and I got off onto a rocky start. But I think like every hot mall Santa, I saw it in his lap a couple times. And it's good now. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about that. Let's get to these questions. It is Christmas Eve right now. And I think this can be our gift to the fans. How perfect. Ooh, the mailbag is <laughs> quite full. The mailbag is full. Santa's sack is so heavy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Robin writes, I was wondering if you'd ever had fans get your signature or asked you if you'd draw something for them to get tattooed. I also wondered what you thought of people getting portraits of you tattooed and whether you both found it strange or enjoyed it. Personally, I love when people get us tattooed on them, especially when it's done well. Yeah. And I've seen many really gorgeous Boulay Brothers tattoos. I have too. I mean, us as like playing card queens, like one of us oh, hold a dagger yes. and one of us was holding like a lantern. There's other ones with a classic decapitation with the bloody throats. We've seen many really good ones in the UK. We've been there a few times and they just love to get Boulay's immortalized on their bodies. Don't there. forget James Majesty has a gigantic tattoo yeah. of us on his leg and... You know, if they want to play their cards right, Dolly will soon too. <laughs> Just saying. I think the signatures have happened as well. On the UK tour, the first yeah. time I remember that. Yeah. And talk about the pressure is on. I'm like, oh my God, I want this to come out gorgeous because <laughs> it's going to be there 
forever. That's the only thing, though. It never bothers me when they ask us to sign them or get tattooed. It's just, it bothers me if I don't sign it in a great way. And then I'm like, <laughs> that's stuck on you forever. You're like, oh, have fun. Enjoy the meet and greet. Bye. <laughs> it's flattering. I think overall it's very flattering. Allison from Tampa Bay asks, Hi, Drac, Swan, and Ian. So, when I was really young, the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark artwork by Stephen Gamble made such a huge impact on me and kicked off my love of horror and all things spooky. Is there any particular art or other media from your early childhood that had a big influence on you? Thank you. Why don't you answer first? Oh, what, because my childhood was like last year? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Allison. Yeah, I mean, similarly, the artwork from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark really fucked me up as a kid. As I've mentioned on the podcast, I have a huge love of gateway horror. Goosebumps was my shit. I Mm. love all the Goosebumps franchise. R.L. Stein, if you're listening, I love you. (laughs) I had to think about this one for a moment, and it's strange because... I remember one of my aunts got me a book and it was introducing children to the Bible, like stories of the Bible. And it was, it was illustrated and there was like a bloody mutilation of like Cain and Abel, the devil as the snake in the garden. It horrified me. Like that was probably the scariest thing I saw as a child. Mm Hmm. I think artwork wise, I used to have these little records, you know, and you would like listen to the record And they would read a story and you kind of flip the pages and I mean, I was like very little, obviously, (laughs) but there was one about like a witch doctor or something. And it was like this giant tiki mask that was kind of horrifying and it would like chop up people and eat them. And I don't know. I remember that being like kind of terrified by that. Charlotte from Nottingham writes, did you know that underneath the Nottingham venue on your Dragula tour called Rescue Rooms, there is a huge network of spooky caves? They go from the rescue rooms all underneath the sister venue, Rock City, and you could easily get lost down there. No, but I know what we're doing before after the show. (laughs) I mean, we love tidbits like this. Like when we were in Paris, we did the catacombs. I had no idea, but I hope that the network is accessible because if it is, we'd definitely be checking it out. There was somewhere in Scotland we were once. Do you all remember that venue we were in? That It was like a dungeon and there was like constant cold air blowing through and you could keep going down the stairs and they just kind of went forever. And I went kind of decently far down, but it never stopped. So I came back up, but I could see it. Totally. I mean, the idea that you could easily get lost down there. I mean, girl, just put me down there for five seconds. I will get lost. Oh, that's me, that's oh. me too. Oh my Her God. too. <laughs> I mean, she gets lost in Walmart. No, or, or coming out into a parking lot, <laughs> literally. Like, like spin me around, I'll have no idea where I am. Oh my God, Swan and Ian lead drag on an adventure. <laughs> I have really good sense of direction, so I don't get lost often. But she literally, I'll laugh. I'll be like, I'm going to go over and look at this kitchenware section, and she'll just be spun out forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. Marie from Ohio asks... My question is for all three of you individually. Ooh. What is the next thing on your bucket list you want to accomplish next? Or what is one of the craziest things on your bucket list that you haven't accomplished yet? I think the next thing on my, I don't like a bucket list, but my next like list of goals, I am ready to produce, direct, and write our first horror movie. Ooh, love that. That's a great one. I mean, I know that it is time. We kind of collectively make reference to that. Yeah. In years past, it's been almost like a little out of reach. And I think now we all realize it's very much squared within the reticle and right within reach. And I I think I'm going to double down on that. I'm going to triple down on that. Mm, I feel like we are. Ooh, hands in (laughs) the Did you feel it, girl? And it's not going to be what people think. (laughs) 
Oh, definitely. <laughs> no. I think on the slight little bucket list, something else the three of us are probably secretly wanting is a fucking nap. <laughs> <laughs> probably one of the most attainable goals, one of the most outlandish things on my personal bucket list is a vacation. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'll tell you, this is like a personal thing that I really want to do. Okay. I don't know if I'll ever do it. I mean, I might. I'm trying to position myself where I can do it. I want to hike the PCT. Oh, cool. The whole thing. Like wow. I want to, yeah, I want to go from start to finish. That's how much peace I need after doing a season of the show and dealing with all these people. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's the only thing I think that would make me feel better. Joe from Philly writes, my question is, when did you finally own your queer power and what message do you have for the kids who see you but haven't yet unlocked their true power? I think I have an unusual experience with that because I feel like I've been in touch with my queer power from moment one. Like I always knew I was a weirdo and an outcast and I loved it and celebrated it and lived in it. You know, that's just how it was. Like I enjoyed being other. I always felt like I didn't belong and I liked it. So my advice to other people would be if you feel like you don't fit in or there's things that set you apart, celebrate them, exaggerate them, lean into them because that's what makes you different. I think for me, I had a very different experience because I was very, very sensitive as a child. So everybody's judgments on me really affected me and got into my head and got under my skin and made me reflect poorly backwards when I looked in the mirror. And it wasn't until I left my family and my hometown and all of those influences and kind of re built myself and my own self image. And then I found, and I hate to use this word, but it is a good word. I found a tribe of people that just respected me as like a creator, a creative person, just a person. And it didn't, all of the things that were kind of like the yokes that I was forced to bear where I grew up, those were all gone. And they just saw me as myself, my spiritual self. And then I was able to say, that is where the power lies. When I have a community that I see I'm a part of. I draw power from that. And now I think we've come so high up and become a light for other people to follow. So maybe if you're like me and you need that sense of community, that's what you should be looking for. Find it, find yourself in other people, and then you'll start to feel kind of whole and powerful. I love that. That's true. (laughs) Lizzie from London writes, Congrats on the new season of the Boulay Brothers Dragula. I am loving it. My question is, we are now on season two of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and a year since I asked your first opinions on the cast members, which I very much enjoyed. I wondered if you had any updated opinions, especially since Jen was arrested by the feds, NYPD, and Homeland Security after being filmed attempting to flee. I think Jen is the type of person I'd would not want to be around. I think she is a toxic person and pretty damaged, honestly. And just, yeah, not, not a good person. She's a psychic vampire. Yeah, absolutely. What else do I think? I think Whitney's pretty much the same. I love Whitney. And if you guys don't listen, there's another (laughs) podcast. I listen to them. They reflect on Whitney kind of in the same way that I do. Cause she's kind of like the quintessential dits. But she she's smart, though. That's the thing. But her persona is a little bit ditzy. And I think she leans into it and she doesn't look at it as a weakness. And I love her for that. And Heather, same, I think, as last year. Mary's nuts, which is amazing. Totally amazing. When she's like, little girl. I know. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I don't, you know, they're just characters on a show. So I don't want to talk shit on them. However, I also think Mary is incredibly damaged and probably not a pleasant person to be around. 
Meredith, I like. You share some DNA with Meredith. I, I think, think I do. You for do. sure. Yeah. yeah. And when people ask you, like, what housewife would you be yeah. like? And it's always hard to answer, but I feel like I could share a little DNA with her. Yeah. And for Lisa, I just love her for her weird voice. When she talks like this, and I love that. And she does all that. Like, she entertains the shit out of me. <laughs> Jess from Bristol asks, I have bought meet and greet tickets for the UK tour in Bristol, and I can't fucking wait. Ooh, will Ian be coming on your UK tour? I absolutely love him since listening to your podcast. Well, Jess from Bristol, you are so wise and you are in for the time of your life because the answer is yes, yes, yes across the board. We can't wait to meet you too. And of course, Ian will be there with us as well. This is my first time hearing this news. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, Ian will be on the UK tour, the US tour. In fact, he's been with us at a lot of our last domestic gigs too. So Mm -hmm. yeah. If you see us somewhere, you'll probably see Ian. Yeah. I'm always lurking in the shadows. <laughs> like when, when we're traveling through the airport and stuff, I'm like, why are people staring? <laughs> they and stare us <laughs> oh, hardcore. I forget. Because like head to toe black. They're like, oh, we've been approached before in the what? like priority line or whatever. They're like, are you guys in a band? Or no, that? are we military? Are you in military? Both. The band, band too. Well, one time it was, are you on a sports team? I was oh, like, yeah. girl, I don't know what fucking sports you think I'm playing. we look flashy. We have black, but it doesn't look like trashy or like rock and roll. Mm-hmm. We look kind of like we're snipers or something. It's like weird normcore goth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Kalia from Hawaii writes, my first question is, have you ever had a duo like yourselves audition for the Belay Brothers Dragula? And if not, would you consider a duo as contestants on the show? I don't remember a duo making it so far that it's come to our desk yet. Yeah, so I've maybe they have, that. but I have not seen it. And would I be open to it? Maybe. I wouldn't not be open to it because there's two of them. That could be interesting. I might not be open to it because I'm like, are you really going to be together still by the time you make it? Like if I start casting you, cause a lot of people try it and I'm like, good, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I feel like to be an effective duo, you have to be together for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can think of a couple of other duos. I think duo raw does it successfully. Who are now the Oh, Zilbergs. Yeah. They changed on Dangers. Oh, yes. Amazing Like them, I'm like, not on our show, but you know what I mean. Like, they would be great to perform together. Yeah. Emily from Maryland asks, how did you all meet and start working with Israel? Israel entered our Halloween Balls costume contest years ago and won. And of course, he was some kind of like werewolf, like sexy, horny thing. And the crowd ate him up. And we kind of had like an association from that point forward. And then our paths crossed a few times. And when the idea of Dracula came forward, we thought of him immediately. There was a time where Israel was like the king of the jungle, like the king of the nightlife jungle, you know, of all the thoughts and all the like horny Mm -hmm. muscle guys that exist around in the clubs and stuff that we all know of. He was like the main one for a minute. And, you know, it was weird because like when we first got to know him, he's just not what his image is we clicked with him on a very personal level he's sort of nerdy mm-hmm. so we clicked with him on that like you talk about tim about the dark crystal and D, and he's like a completely not what you think he is well he when, has a great character like i think the mystique of israel is so powerful and that's what really draws a lot of people to him like and he's hot yeah two things don't tell too much about the mystique because you start to shatter it and two don't let him hear you start to say 
he once upon a time was the king of the thoughts. Well, I don't think he, he, the reason I say once upon a time is because I feel like the scene has shifted and that's not like his priority today. I'm you know poking I mean? at you. The well, scene always shifts. Seem, yeah, yeah. And it's just like by choice. Like we all have went on to do other things, including him. Also interesting tidbit has a like serious Valley girl bitch side to him sometimes <laughs> that is like, I couldn't believe it. I kind of think it's hilarious. I mean, you know, you've experienced it. Oh, he knows it too. He'll admit it too. That's the good part. We're not like talking shit. Like he'll fess up for sure. It makes him a well-rounded, interesting individual. I'll say. Yeah. I mean, my first interaction with Israel was really, really lovely. I remember I walked backstage and I was like, hi, my name's Ian. I'm the Belay Brothers assistant. He like looked me up and down. I was like, where are my drink tickets? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Love you, Israel. (laughs) Andrew from Boston writes, Hello, ladies. My question is this. How long did it take to see all the auditions for season four of the Blair Brothers Dragula? And from all seasons, what was your favorite video or take from it? Well, we don't watch all of them. They have to sort of go through a screening process. We try to watch as many of them as we can. I'll say that. And I think one of my favorites was from Felony Dodger. (gasps) That was incredible. Because let him know. She recreated her death scene from when she was on season like two. Shot she for re-auditioned shot. and for a future season after she was on the season. Which I want to tell people, don't be afraid to do that because I think it's impressive. Mm-hmm. If you want another shot, do it. Because you're kind of putting your money where your mouth is. You're not just expecting to be walked in. But anyways, shot for shot, she recreated the scene. And it blew my mind because I had thought someone from production had given her the footage. So what she did was she woke up and the place we killed her and kind of came back. And I was like, how did she do this? I, I, I was gooped. I mean, this is the chainsaw scene, like where she's like running between the sheets, you mm-hmm. know, hanging out clothes and she gets chainsawed and killed. And then she falls to the ground. I mean, literally like where her eyelash was like splattered and the blood yeah. on her face was accurately recreated. And then her eyes opened and she got up and, began her audition tape and it was it kind of sent chills down my spine yeah i remember that moment because it's like you know like it goes through other people before it gets to us and there was literally a moment where we paused it we're like who did it yeah who yeah. in this room oh yeah i was ready to fire somebody i was like okay i know who did that and but, <gasps> but it wasn't it was an amazing like audition tape and i think i'm not sure if we had the inklings of the idea of resurrection in our mind already i mean felony came very close to being recast because of that audition tape mm-hmm. it was hugely impressive felony is a really talented artist and i think she has a future somewhere in this brand for sure ashley from the uk asks I have very fond memories of the last UK tour of covering my face in Sharpie and then having Louisiana Purchase whisper to me that I did a shit job. Is there a challenge from this season of the show that you'll be bringing with you for audience members to try on this world tour? I love that you love that precious moment because that's a precious (laughs) moment that I look back fondly to. We are just starting to kind of ruminate on what we can bring from season four and imbue sort of onto the tour. It's a super fun process. I don't know that we've landed on anything specific, but we do have a ton of ideas. Well, when we developed the Fright Feats, I'm not going to lie. Part of my motivation behind that was that these are things that we could bring on tour. They're not so crazy that you couldn't do them on the spot, like chugging the blood or the garlic Mm, or things. So. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) I will give you a hint of one of the ones that I'm thinking of. 
Does life have you down? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking of, that is one of my favorite things is when we would have them recite things from the show yeah. because that's it's what separates the basic bitch from the super fan. Because when you get up there and you don't even need the cue cards to recite Monique's speech, oh, yes. Mama, you win. But so I love good. it when they have oh, when it's like all different accents. That's oh, my favorite yes. part. <laughs> so like in Scotland when they're yes. like quoting people, I love it. You're not a monster. <laughs> Look at all that. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to take a little break and refill our eggnog. And when we come back, we will be getting to the other half of your listener questions. Stay tuned. Hello, uglies. You didn't think we would forget about the U.S., did you? The Boulay Brothers Dragula Season 4 U.S. Tour will be haunting you soon in the spring of 2022, featuring the top monsters from Season 4. Tickets and VIP upgrades go on sale in January, so sign up to be the first to find out all of the gory details at DragulaLive.com. Do it now or die. Happy holidays, uglies, and welcome back. Ian, please continue. I had too much eggnog. (laughs) I'm just kidding, I didn't. Craig writes, Hi all. Was wondering if you three are going to review Halloween Kills on the podcast soon. Can't wait to hear what you all thought of it. I think we should. I think we should watch this director's cut that you reported on on the last podcast. And then we'll come back and review it. I think we should. We talked about it so much leading up to it. And maybe we can get Kyle Richards on for that episode. Oh, God, I would love that. Oh, my God. Finally. Nico writes, I'm doing a rewatch in preparation for the new season and got to the intro of season two, episode six of the Blair Brothers Dragula and wondered, would you consider creating an actual murder-themed workout? That might actually be the one I stick with. Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> you would consider working out in drag? That wasn't part of the question. Oh, well, we were in drag in the intro when we did it. Yeah, so. I know. But, you know, I've been to many, 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 like, boot camp and workout classes. And you can be the instructor and get away with not doing, oh. like, a quarter of the stuff. Oh, Wait, yeah. the a boot camp? <laughs> not no. a club kid boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> the club kid boot camp. You oh want, are you ready God. to die? <laughs> yes. Love it. I think it's some, you know, I I rewatched that scene recently and I was shocked at how wrong we I love it. it. I'm like, wow, we really got soft on these competitors. I'm going to go back in time. But people loved it back then, but now they'd be like, I can't believe you said that about them. I might butcher the line, but, you know, they are ugly and they deserve to be alone, but I feel kind of bad for them. (laughs) I was like, an Abora. She made that whole thing. Remember her boy? Yes. Remember when she was on the show? Her boyfriend. Oh, her boyfriend went was so pathetic. <laughs> Angel asks, "When will the first three seasons move to Shutter?" I believe February. I think we can safely say the first quarter of 2022. Genesis asks, "Why do you guys sometimes call people Sherry when you answer their questions?" <laughs> You know, like if someone asked you a stupid question or it's kind of a jab, an endearing jab, I would say. I think it's also interchangeable with a few other expressions Mm -hmm. like girl, like just replace it like Sherry, no, like girl, no. 
And I also like to throw this in there too, like Mon Cherie, like my Ooh, little love, like Cherie. We are the Boulet brothers. Yeah. Remember? Lily writes, I had a rather random question for Drac because I know she loves Halloween. Has she ever read the book? Specifically the first one for the 1978 Halloween. I have not read it, but I do want to. It's kind of hard to get your hands on. And I think I told this story before, but that book lived in my grandparents' house. And I used to see it when I was a little kid. And it's so weird because they're not fans of horror. I don't think they ever watched. I mean, I wouldn't imagine that they would have ever watched Halloween. I don't know why it was there. And it was like right there in the living room on the console for like 15 years. Really weird. weird. Yeah. It was calling your I think so. That was your Dragasani powers. We went back in time and put it there. I think it's a message that <laughs> they need me to direct Halloween in. Me. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> well, I couldn't fuck it up any worse, right? <laughs> a little preview of our review of Halloween Kills. <laughs> Leah from Milwaukee writes, My first question for all of you, what is your favorite mythical creature and which one would do well on the set of Dracula? Oh, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> Favorites are tough for me. Mm-hmm. I change my mind a lot. Probably an annoying unicorn would win. <laughs> a Pegasus would come in second. The person who would be the most drama and fun would be like a fawn, like a pan type character. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like stir a satyr. Up, satyr would stir up some shit. Yeah. And be kind of hot, too, Oh, right? definitely. Oh, totally, Out of yeah. drag, like, trade. And the Chimera could be top four. Okay. What about you? <laughs> I feel like we answered something similar to this, but I definitely feel like a Medusa would do very, very mm. well. It would serve deadly glamour. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know how, how that would work with judging. <laughs> she kills and, all the judges. And the winner of the... Ju- <laughs> <laughs> Alejandro writes... On the podcast episode titled Dark Harvest, Dracmorta mentioned decorating the office with a multitude of cornucopias, gourds, and candles. Are any of you into home decorating, and will we ever get a Boulay Brothers... Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and Please we, finish the question. And will we ever get a Boulay Brothers Home Improvement spinoff yes. show? <laughs> I really think that's going to happen. There's yeah. been talk of it. We enjoy sort of like redoing furniture, gardening, baking, doing all kinds of kind of fun home things and it would be great to do that with fans yeah gothic marthas exactly <laughs> gothic martha <laughs> i know i'm getting cold in my stocking for that one i'm so sorry <laughs> ryan from england writes first drag mentioned on the pod a while back her connection with the equally legendary vampira i was wondering if we could get some stories about her look vampira was a really incredible lady. She was fun. I hung out with her. We had long conversations that went on for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I have a bunch of artwork from her actually that she drew and some poems that she wrote and stuff in my cabinet of curiosities that one day maybe I'll put online. Ooh. Ooh. Second question. I had the pleasure. Oh, I'm sorry. I had the pleasure of watching your New Year's Evil show a while back and was blown away. I wanted to know if you will ever re-release both Theater Macabre and Horror Picture Show in the future. I think so. I mean, I actually was thinking about them both today because someone had mentioned, oh, we released the promo image for our New Year's Eve party this year. And someone was like, oh, no more digital incarnations. It got me thinking about the New Year's Evil show and Theater Macabre show. We're going to find a way to share them, whether that be on our YouTube channel or Patreon, perhaps. Yes. They're too good. 
Oh my God, they're so good. (laughs) Nathan writes, because you've already had the contestants get tattooed, would you ever tattoo them yourselves? Oh, we've talked about this and you don't own it. Mr. You don't own it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would, but it would be really bad. I've done it before and it's bad. That's all I'm going to say. But I would make sure that it's done the old school style with like a needle and a thread and India ink and all that. I would not use a tattoo gun. Get ready for torture, darlings. <laughs> That's how it sounds. A little, You can feel it pop your skin every little. It's not cute. Gabriella from Columbia asks, Drac, is there a reason to why you covered up your Captain America tattoo? If that's what it was, I don't want to get you offended. It was not a Captain America tattoo. <laughs> I think we talked about before that we used to do like comic books. We used to draw and write lots of comic books. I had the superhero team and that was their symbol and it was not a Captain America tattoo. But I'm glad I covered it up. Danielle from Mexico writes, My question is, why did you choose to call yourselves brothers and not siblings or sisters or partners? Like, why blood-related? When we came up with our names, we worked in nightlife, and we would throw on these big stage productions, and everything was very theatrical and kind of circus-like. So when we developed our name, we thought about, like, Barnum and Bailey or the Ringling Brothers. So that's sort of, like, where it came about. So we would always come out in front of the stage, and we were the barkers and announcers. Even if we were presenting, like, in an androgynous way or more femme or more masculine, sometimes it would be, you know, any and all of the above. That really didn't matter. Like, we were sort of, like kind of breaking that mold and sort of disregarding those expectations years ago. Yeah, we thought it was fun to have like a corset and heels and a top hat and a mustache sometimes. It was all like mixed up. Andrea from the UK asks, Just listening to old podcasts and wondering when you will revisit the psychic episode for results. We're going to have to do that right away. Like that was so fun and I want another round. Oh God, who won the psychic challenge? We don't know. We never went back and tallied the scores. Like we did it, but then we had to wait and see if the shit came true. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wait, I'm going to, I'm using my power. I won. Um, (laughs) I think Ian won, but I'm not sure. But aren't we all winners? Mm, No, I think someone either won (laughs) or didn't. Jacob from Riverside, California writes, So glad you have all returned to the pod and are helping me through these horrid days in the office. As I was listening to the Never Moon a Werewolf episode, Ian mentioned Victoria's dream sequence death scene. I wanted to know if there will ever be a time where we get to see any of the top threes from any other season's death scenes. Well, if you go back and you watch some of the earlier seasons, we used to deliver a version of the top three's death. And we did it in a dream sequence for one season. We did it through peering through a crystal ball in another season to see, you know, try to tell what is the fortune, like what is the fate, who is the winner. And I think we're definitely creatures of whimsy. So we may go back to that. We've just evolved out of doing that and presenting our tops as just not really fallible or you're not seeing them die there could be a return to that but you never know until it happens and our last question tiffany from new york writes drac do you have a favorite scene from the worst witch that you're looking forward to recreating when we remake the film well it's probably the song part right oh, where the, i mean the... it is definitely the song part <laughs> and i don't know how it got twisted in here somewhere drac's not making the worst witch <laughs> The Boulet brothers are making the last witch. And if you're evil, smelly, wicked, and cruel, (laughs) you'll be riding home. 
home. You'll be right at home. In my little school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Wait, is the is moment. Yes, that is, is the moment. All right, everyone at home, thank you for listening and thank you for sending us all those wonderful questions. We're hoping that you have a very happy holiday and a lovely new year. For those of you that are joining us at our New Year's Eve event, remember to get your tickets now at newqueersee.bpt.me. That's right. And for those of you that are not, have a happy new year and hopefully we will see you in the new year when we are touring. So happy holidays, uglies. See you next year. The Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is a Dread Central production. Hosted by the Boulay Brothers with their co-host and producer, Ian DeVogler. Engineered and mixed by Carlos Bueno with music by Neuron Spectre. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.